Well, I'm stirred up and excited about the word this morning, um, but I, I, do, I will say this. I believe you'll have to lean in a little bit on this to get it. I think it's going to be something that's going to be caught this morning. Something that, uh, something that catches the, the, your spirit and pulls you into it and makes this connection with the word of truth uh, that, that only the Holy Spirit can do. The Bible says the Holy Spirit is our teacher. And it's the great teacher. And, and so uh, I just want to ask us this morning as we look at this to lean in because I, I want to talk about faith, and I want to talk about precious faith. If you remember last week, uh, does everybody have notes? If you don't, just raise your hand. The ushers will bring those to you. Last week, we looked at the different kinds of faith, and we said that when you read the Scriptures, you find that there's little faith, there's, there was temporary faith, there was strong faith, there was active faith, there uh, was great faith, and then there was also believers with no faith. And, and so, and, and there's, there's many others. There's growing faith. You just go through it and you read it. But I was reading, in my studies, I was reading, and I came across 2 Peter chapter 1. And as I began to read it, it talks about a different kind of faith. It talks about what's called a precious faith. And it said it was a like precious faith. So it was one that they were familiar with, that they understood, that I think you might find to be a little different than maybe what our understanding is of faith. And through that, we can step into this and, and move forward as we, as we should in the Lord. So before we read the word, let's pray. Let's ask the Holy Spirit for insight, for focus, for hearing, having ears to hear what his spirit would say to us. God, we thank you this morning that your word is sharper, stronger, more powerful than anything. And we come to you this morning and pray that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened and open. Father, we would have understanding, God, of what you're saying to your church today because you're saying so much. And God, we want to tune into what you're saying and to be able to follow you the way you call each one of us to do. And that can only come if we have insight and understanding. So we ask for that today in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Precious faith. Precious faith. I want to uh, read these uh, passages first. I'm going to read 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 1 to 4. We'll have it up on the uh, overhead. Uh, but let's just read through this, and I, I want you to just let it begin to open up your heart even now. Uh, it, it takes, uh, it takes the, the working of the Holy Spirit in your life for you to really mature. You can become born again and then stay stunted in your spiritual growth for years, maybe uh, in some cases, all of people's lives. They just have this immaturity about them. They never quite get it. It never quite makes sense. And, and yet God wants to open us up and mature us. And it just sometimes it does take time, um, but it needs to be happening. And I believe this is what... Uh, 
confirmation, an angel just got their wings. <laughs> a little late, I understand, but it happens, you know. Second Peter chapter 1, 1 to 4. Simon Peter, a bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ. And I like most of the time when Paul or Peter starts out their uh, letters, uh, they do it with that term, I'm a bondservant, and then I'm an apostle. He's showing first his humility and his realness as a person, as a, as a disciple, as a believer, but then he's also showing his authority as an apostle. So that what's being received is being received from a real person just like them, but yet it's coming with the authority of God's backing and God's word. And he's saying, a bondservant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained the like precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. As his divine power, as his divine power, and when we read the word, when we come across statements like that, what do they do inside of you as he's speaking to you? Because he's speaking to you this morning. This isn't written to somebody else. This is written to everybody that's a person of faith, right? That's what he just said, all of those that are in faith. So it's written to me, so when I hear that, Term, what does it say to me? Do I get it? Do I? And his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by his glory and virtue. Man, this is such a deep passage. Uh, by which have been given to us exceeding great and precious promises that through these you might be a partaker of what? That divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust or wrong desires that we all can have if we're not careful. See, left to our own, that's where we go. We go after our own desires. What do I want? And I somehow justify it, but that's what I do. But Peter's calling us here uh, to come into alignment with where he's at. And the term I want to look at for just a moment is uh, chapter uh, 1, verse 1. To those who through the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ have received a faith as precious as ours. Another translation says, a like faith, a like precious faith. And, and uh, what I, I want us to maybe try to grasp this morning is this. So often when we think of the word faith, think about what you think about when you think of the word faith. You think of coming to salvation, or you think of signs, wonders, and miracles. That seems to be the two pockets that we often look to when we read the word faith. Do you have faith to, for a miracle, or do you have faith uh, to be saved? And, and, and what I believe, that there's a much bigger, richer meaning in how he's using this. This is a precious faith. This is a personal thing. It's, it's through grace and faith that you were actually saved and brought into the kingdom. And so, so it's much bigger than just to be saved, and it's much bigger than just for signs, wonders, and miracles. 
but he's trying to pull us in to say, are you missing what faith is all about? This is about an intimacy of your God that's been deposited into you as a believer of himself. Because he's given to every one of us a what? A measure of faith. And when I've done research on that in the past, a measure is really, it's, a, it's an amount of something. And it, it comes down to maybe two quart cans. And as I research it through further, I realized that uh, he said that faith is, is as a mustard seed, right? And if you can consider yourself, he put two quarts of mustard seeds inside of you. Now imagine if it's all cultivated, what that's going to turn into. We have that, but most of us aren't even cultivating it. Because we've limited it to faith is about salvation or faith is about signs, wonders, and miracles. And it's not about the whole larger picture of the relationship that God wants to have in us and then through us. And he wants to develop something inside of you because you are made in his image and you are made in his likeness. You're, you're made in God's image and you're made in his likeness. You're made in God's image and in his likeness. What does that mean to you? We can be just like our Father, which art in heaven, but moved into us through salvation, through accepting him. He comes inside of us. And that's why, uh, again, uh, growing up in church, I don't know exactly what that looks like. But I grew up as a total heathen, and I know what it looks like to get jerked out of the darkness of hell and into the beautiful, wonderful, marvelous light of God. And I know my wife was raised in church, and her experience was a little different, but she felt the calling and the drawing of God throughout her life from a young girl, having been around the church. So it's a little different for everybody, but I want you to maybe understand this one thing. If you've never heard about Jesus growing up and you were stuck in uh, the projects or the hood or the ghetto or the, just think of the worst place that you can think of, and then, and then all of a sudden light comes to you about Jesus Christ and you receive it and it totally changes your life. This is the dramatic change that he wants to take place in all of us, however it happens. Whether it's step by step because you grew up hearing about Jesus and seeing the flannel graphs or, or, or the stories and, and so forth. A flannel graph, for some of you, it's like a piece of felt cut out into a character and sticks to a wall. Okay? But you, you grew up in church and you heard about the Lord and you kind of knew about him and you maybe had some sort of a religious upbringing and, and, and maybe you're here today and that's you and, and maybe you did come to the knowledge of salvation and finally the eyes of your understanding were opened and you can sit in church for a long time without coming to a salvation you can sit there and just hear the stories and never experience the power of God. You can do that for a long time from what I've seen. And, 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 and you've cut, but you come to this place of the knowledge of God, but to you it's just still little stories. There's never really, maybe you don't even see the need for yourself to have to change. Maybe you're comparing yourself to the worst criminals that you know. And so you feel pretty good about yourself. 
But I just want to say today, that's not what was God, God was ever after. God's after you as a son and a daughter representing him and allowing his glory to be revealed on the earth. Because that's the really good news, isn't it? He said this, the whole earth is going to be filled with my glory. Well, I just want to say to you, it's going to be inside of you. You are the revival that you've been waiting for. And, you're, and when we begin to capture that, then all of a sudden we begin to shift our focus, hopefully, and shift our life and let our whole life become after him. And he said it to all of his disciples. He says, hey, there's no halfway here. Okay, I, I'm not going to call you every day to make you follow me. I'm, I'm calling you now to follow me. Now I want you to step into that. And I want you to begin to follow me. And I think that calls the same to you and I. So, so my question today is, is, do you have that like precious faith that wakes you up in the morning, that stirs your day, it directs your life because you have that like precious faith? It's not just about getting saved. It's not just about a miracle. It's about me walking as a son and a daughter of God. And being able to allow him to let his glory that he's put in me come out of me. So in me and then through me. In me and through me. I am going to be, as we talked a little bit about last week, I'm going to be a believing believer. I'm not going to be an unbelieving believer. An unbelieving believer does nothing through the week. All they do is come to church on Sundays. But they don't realize how much God has for them. It becomes the most exciting journey of your life. But you have to tap into this like precious faith that he's talking about here. The thing that Peter, I believe, is trying to communicate here with the word like, precious, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a treasure, it's valuable, um, it, it's, it's, it's something of honor. In other words, you're not getting some secondary type of faith that any of the first disciples received. Peter, is, Peter did amazing miracles. Wasn't he the one that they, they brought people and just put them on the street so that as he walked by, his shadow would heal them? Isn't Peter the one that walked on waters? He's saying you have the same like precious faith as we have. You didn't get a watered down version. But you have exactly what Paul had. You had exactly really what Jesus had when it comes to the anointing. And that like precious faith. And, and we, 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 when we begin to really let that come in and really allow that to settle in, then my hope and my desire today is that you'll walk away from here, you'll walk away from today, and, 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 it'll, and you'll, you'll walk away different. So that when you do wake up tomorrow, you will put him first. You will choose to follow him. Because you'll choose something tomorrow morning. You're going to wake up tomorrow morning, you're going to choose something. What will that be? Well, his heart and his desire as your loving heavenly father is that you choose to follow him. And, and, and we would get back to the place that, 
that really Adam and Eve were on their daily conversation with God. Do you know that God still talks to people? He still talks to people. That means he talks to you. And so, you know, I'd be thinking in my head right now, maybe uh, when was the last time he talked to me? When was the last time I heard him? When was the last time he prompted me about something? When was the last time I heard him say, don't believe all the lies that you've heard about yourself? Don't believe all the lies about you that you've heard about me. Don't think that, 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 that you're not the head. Don't start believing that you're the tail. Don't start having doubt. Don't start having little faith. Don't have weak faith. I made you to have great faith. And I've given you that like faith, just like I gave it to Peter, just like I gave it to Paul, just like I gave it to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I've given you the same thing. And, 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 and he's trying to reel us in to let us see this, to let us understand this. And so we have this like faith <laughs> that he's given to us. And uh, the, 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 the actual Greek word for this is equal in honor and value. It's the same kind. It's the same thing that they've all received. And I don't know, maybe this isn't doing a thing for you, but when I began to look at that, I thought, wow, that's right. I didn't quite guess. I guess I just never really thought about that. I just saw those guys as heroes from the past. They're, you know, the, the, the Avengers or something. You know, I mean, we, get, we can get that way. And pretty soon we forget that we have that same thing, so we just let it sit dormant. And we never cultivate those mustard seeds of what? Like precious faith. Like precious faith. It's like precious faith. So it's faith like his own. And uh, it's also on your notes there, faith that is received from God. Faith that is received directly from God. It says, we through the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ, have received it. And so they understood right where it came from. It wasn't foreign to them. They knew these things were coming from God. And the third note that I find in this here is that Peter points to Jesus as our Savior. So it's the same faith. They got it from God. And Jesus is the one who is the Savior. He got a, they got a revelation of the Messiah. So what do we know about faith? I put this on your notes so we could just zoom through it. And there's some scriptures there that I would encourage you to read. But we know that by faith, the whole world was formed, Hebrews 11.3. We know that it's impossible to please God without this kind of faith. Um, we know that it was given to every believer when you look at Romans chapter 12 and, and verse 3. We know that faith comes by hearing the word of God. Faith is believing in the one who made the promise. Remember we talked about that a little bit last week. We got to believe in the person and the character who gave the promise so I don't falter when I don't see what I want to see at the moment. But I really believe him for it because I know God. Faith is not based on what I see. Faith has to grow. Faith is a gift. Faith is tested. Faith has an action and faith sees. So what 
can happen to our faith? What can actually happen to our faith? Number one, we see it, there may not be a number there. 1 Timothy 1.6 says this here, swerving from sincere faith. So in other words, I can swerve away from it. And I'm just gonna give you about five verses that tells us what can happen to our faith? Because sometimes we sit back, we, we stop and we sit back and we just kind of, uh, we, we start evaluating life and we think, wow, what, what, yeah, what happened to the faith I used to have? I, I used to be excited about Jesus. I hope everybody here was when they first got saved. I used to be really excited about him. I used to really pay attention to him. I used to really hear him speak to me a lot. I, I used to have a lot more answered prayer than I seem to have today. I seem to have this greater fellowship and relationship across the board with my heavenly Father. Than, uh, but, but something happens here. It says that you're, you can swerve away from that sincere faith. In 1 Timothy 6.10, and Timothy is a great book to read for this because he talks a lot about it. I just pulled out of his book and out of his writings what he was experiencing because he was trying to focus to his disciples, which is you and I, to the disciples of Christ. He was trying to let them know what could potentially have happened. Because I don't know about you, but I, I, I know once in a while I just stop and think, yeah, where is my, where's my zeal gone? I used to be happier about Jesus, but something's missing. Well, this is what happens. It, it can swerve. The second thing is some have just strayed away from it. You just got the, you know, the, you think of the parables, the busyness of life. I got busy doing some of the good things that I have to do. I need to do. I got to work every day. I got to. You know, so, so, so you just kind of slowly stray away. I mentioned last week about being in a boat when you're fishing. If you don't have an anchor, you can have your fishing stuff out there, and you're so into it that you found the right spot that they said the fish were, but by the time you got everything taken care of and you looked up, you were way down the river. You didn't even know you were moving. This is what he's saying here. You can stray away from the faith, or 1 Timothy 1.19, rejected and making shipwreck of their faith. So something happened, something dramatic happened, and all of a sudden, their faith was rocked, and they, they went shipwreck on it. 1 Timothy 5.15, it says you can also turn aside, strain after Satan. You can just read these verses as you read through Timothy. What, 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 what in the world? Strain after Satan? I wouldn't do that, would you? No, not unless he was an angel of light. And he is. But they strayed away. So these are guys that are really living closer to Jesus than we did. 1 Timothy 6.10, wandering away from the faith. I just sort of milliandered away. And before I know it, I'm still coming to church. Oh, yes, I would never miss church. I love church. I love our worship team. It's amazing. I would never miss that. But I strayed away, and I strayed away, and, and, and now I'm a, I don't know, one day a week Christian, for sure, and this is what he's saying here. This can, this can actually happen. It can actually happen. And then 1 Timothy 6.21 says they were swerving or deviating what? From the faith. And we know in some cases, 
And Timothy addresses it, 2 Timothy 3.1. It says, know this, in the last days, perilous times will come. The word perilous there means dangerous, terrifying, hazardous, harsh, fierce. <laughs> That's what that means. Anybody guessing we live in the last days yet? I'm kind of catching it. I'm kind of seeing it. I kind of thought things would get better in life once I got saved. And they did, but more for me than the rest of the world, it looks. Things are still getting worse. But Isaiah, I think it's 60 in verse 1, says the whole earth, there's, there's a darkness is going to rise up on the whole earth, but the glory of the Lord will counter that. Because light always gets rid of darkness, right? It's not the other way around. It's always light gets it off. So when the light is going to shine, it's going to destroy the darkness. So here's some signs of us drifting from God. Here's some signs that might be maybe opening for us to understand. Am I, have I drifted away from the Lord? Have I strayed away? Or have I even become shipwrecked? Have, I, have my faith really taken a, a, a hit and I haven't quite recovered yet? My compass is uncalibrated and I'm not seeing, I'm not able to follow him anymore. I'm wondering where he is even when I pray. I keep praying because I, my pastor told me I should pray. But man, when I go there, I'm more alone than ever. When I, when I try to read the Bible, it doesn't light up to me. My pastor said when he reads it, things kind of highlight for him. And they do. And they will for all of us. But I, I don't know what's wrong. Something's wrong. Well, maybe something happened. This is what we want to deal with. The, the Bible wants the zeal of the Lord to consume us. He wants it to affect us. He wants us to change us. So here's some of the things that are maybe signs that you are drifting away from God. Number one, an, an uninspiring attitude. In other words, you just have a, a level, plain, humdrum attitude, especially about church and about religious things. Something's happened, and I just, you know, just I don't get excited anymore. Uh, uh, worship wasn't exciting to me this morning. They must not have done a good job, right? And, 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 and we can do that. It's just easy to do that. It's just easy to do that. Or we see everything that went wrong with worship instead of everything that went right this morning. We just do that. Number two, apathy and just indifference. Apathy and indifference is a sign that I am drifting away from the faith, from the relationship of God in me, Christ in me, the hope, the hope, uh, the hope that's in me it, it should be determining to me that the end is going to be good. I might not see it, but the end is good. That's what hope and expectation is all about. There's a, I, have, I, have a, I have a trust and a belief in my God and everything that he said, and though I don't see it right now, it is all going to turn out for good. Matter of fact, it's all going to turn out for his glory. And when it's all said and done, it's going to be so powerful that I'm going to be so glad that I stuck it out and I was a part of that. And I saw it coming. We are the revival that we're wanting to have happen. So apathy or indifference. The third thing is hopelessness. Hopelessness. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy your hope. And you go through some different challenges and so forth. And all of a sudden now you're just starting to slowly lose hope. 
sign that you're drifting. God never leaves us hopeless. When I meet with him, he fills my heart with his joy and his love above all the circumstances. That's why the Apostle Paul said from prison, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I'm just telling you, if you'll just rejoice. And I think what he's really saying here, I really think what he's saying is, hey, I've already put that joy in you. Let it out. And if you do, it'll change everything about you. That's what he's saying. Because joy, joy is an inward thing coming out. Happiness is an outward thing coming in. And so he says, I've already given you this. Why? Because I've put my faith, I've put myself in you, I've put my power in you, I've put my anointing in you, I've given you seeds of faith, I've given you everything that pertains to life and godliness. You have it all. So you don't have to worry. You don't have to fear. And when something isn't going your way, if you'll just meet with me, I'll show you the way out of it. I've made a way of escape for you. I'll give you the power that you need for all things that pertain to your life and your godliness. There's nothing he doesn't cover. Isn't that exciting? Another sign that you may be drifting is that you withdraw from people. You slowly just draw back. And pretty soon there's no intimate fellowship. There's no one that you're confiding in. There's no one you're talking to. You don't want to talk to them because you feel like you don't have any faith if you're a believer. So now it's just better to back off. Good trick of the enemy, if you ask me. Works every time. I'll just get them to draw away, just not, 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 not let people see what they're really going on inside of them. And if I can just keep them there, I'll keep them trapped. But I'm telling you, you're drifting if you're withdrawing from people. And that's why I think with the small groups, you know, these are a great time. They're about eight weeks for you to build relationships and new friendships. It's a great time for you to share what God's saying to you and into you, especially in particular these first eight weeks is through the series, and, and to begin to open up and begin to build some bonds that, that we all need. We're all to be together unified. And when I avoid that, it could be a sign that I'm drifting away. I know some of us would just like to say, oh, no, it's just my personality. Oh, no, I love people. I just don't like them. You know, whatever the reason, you know, whatever the reason is, they started his whole, he started his entire church by uh, small groups, didn't he? He says, I want you to meet in the temple, join together, don't forsake together. I also want you to meet house to house. He's got something in it for us if we do it. He really does. And it isn't just for you to receive. That's what sometimes people say, I don't need. No, it's for you to receive, but it's also for you to give. Every joint supplies. You're valuable, you're important in God's program. He's got a plan. And he wants you to be a part of it because he's already made you a part of it from before the foundations of the world. Your piece of the puzzle was already in place actually for this time right now. You were born uh, the, 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 the year, the month, and the day perfectly by God so that you could be here right now to make a difference for him and his kingdom and seeing his glory come. The fifth thing that might be a sign that you're drifting away is that you're beginning to acknowledge some uh, changing life patterns. In other words, you're going back maybe to some of the things you used to do. Maybe you felt convicted once to cut back on TV, but now you're going back to them. Maybe you felt convicted about this or that. 
convicted by the Spirit, not by man, but by the Holy Spirit. You knew it was the Spirit at the time. But now you're, you're, you're drifting away and you're going back to those things. And again, I'm just picking a couple of things. There could be any number of things. What's the uh, changing life patterns that you're noticing in your life that might indicate that um, you're drifting away from the precious faith? How does this falling away, hap- falling away happen on your notes? Number one, through just flat demonic lies. I'm going to zip through these, so I want to close in just a few minutes here with a thought. Number one, with just demonic lies. By devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and teachings of demons. They're out there. Come on, they're out there. They're trying to make disciples of you. And, 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 and he's so serious about it that in, Paul says that Satan disguises as an angel of light. Well, that means it might be a little hard to see. I thought that was a, oh, I, you know something? That's what the relationships together keep you from falling into. Because a good friend sticks closer than a brother. And when they see you drifting away into some stuff that isn't good, and, and, and then they're, they're, they're going to tell you. Come on, has anybody ever had that happen to them? That somebody just came and said, hey, I just really want to challenge you about this or that. And again, we're not judging people. But we're loving people. And you build relationships and you care about them, so you're going after them when you see the boat drifting down the river. You know, hey, come back. You didn't know that there was a waterfall at the edge of that. Because you really don't see them from river level, Right? You don't see them until sometimes it's way too late. So you, you have to be careful with the demonic lies. The second thing is just from false teachers. False teachers. Second Peter chapter 2 and verse 1. There will be false teachers where? Among you. There will be false teachers among you who will secretly bring in the destructive heresies. And again, that's why you need to read this book by yourself. (laughs) Not just sit and listen to somebody that's read it for you. You read it yourself. The Holy Spirit gives you light. The Holy Spirit also gives you discernment, which I think is a key. It's going to be important for this year. We may hit on it at some point. uh, Having discerning of spirits because there's an angel of light and there's false teachers. And we have to have sometimes, you just about have to have discernment. And maybe you've experienced it before. Somebody's saying a bunch of stuff to you, and oh, it kind of sounds good, but you have something inside. It's just not resonating. You said something's wrong with that. And you do a little research, and you find out what's really wrong with it. But you might have to do the research before that happens. Everybody still with me? The next thing that the Bible warns us about is distorted gospel. The distorted gospel. The uh, disciples spoke of this. Be careful about a distorted gospel. And I know some that we've experienced probably really clearly in our day is that somehow you have to work for your salvation. Or somehow by you working harder pleases God. And, 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 And in fact it isn't because it was all given to you as a gift and it was all free. Everything's free about God. 
but he made you in his image and his likeness so you could follow him. And there's different teachings that we've probably all heard in our lifetime, and I don't think I need to expound on that really. Uh, it's just that the scriptures teach about a distorted gospel. They were coming in and they were trying to tell the people that were saved that they had to do all these things that they were supposed to do in the Old Testament. You're supposed to do this, and you got to do this, and you got to do this. It was all a distorted gospel that was not true. Is that the last of your notes? Do you have something that says, here are three ways to be reeled back in? Do you? Just give me an answer here. No? Okay, good. I won't give you those then. Um, All right. I want you to just, uh, probably should. (laughs) That's probably what you, we need the worst. Okay, you you don't need it. The Holy Spirit's going to bring you back. Uh, Listen to this. Listen to this. How, to, how do you know we started out with talking about a like precious faith? A faith that is so real to you, it's so real to you that it's become precious. It's not just for, to see somebody healed, although that's great. And it's not just to see somebody saved, although that's great. But it's more than that to you. You have a sense of this preciousness about it. In other words, again, you wake up during the day and your thoughts truly are toward God and the kingdom of God and your life and what he's doing in you, what you want, he wants to do through you. He want, how you would fulfill your purpose and your destiny this is all part of your thought processes, you know? You know, you think about it a lot. It's there on your mind, you know? God, I love you, and God, I want to stay connected with you today, and I want to follow you today, God. And Father, what do you want done today in me? What do you want to change in me? And then, Father, what do you want to do through me? I mean, it becomes an exciting adventure because, you know, there's nothing like uh, the, the feeling of... <clears throat> being used what you were made for, if I could say that, okay? I, I think when I use my, uh, uh, my wife's china as a hammer, okay, the china is very painful, and then so am I, because I'm not using something for what it was made for. I think it's the same thing for us in our life. When you're not line, in alignment with God and letting him use your life, you're going you're gonna to constantly do what the whole world is. You're going to continue to look for joy. You're going to continue to look for fulfillment. You're going to try to find it in work or, or activities or hobbies or sports or something you're going to pursue first before the kingdom. But man, once you start tapping into this thing with the kingdom, it's addicting. God believes in addictions. It's addicting. It can get you. But how do you know How do I know that I have a precious faith? And I just wrote down some things, and you could probably add to these, but I would know it if I guarded it. Anything I have that's precious, I guard. You ever ever seen somebody park their really nice car on the farthest spot in the car parking lot? (laughs) That's precious to them. 
They don't want door dings. Come on. Or they park sideways to cover two spaces. You've seen that too. Why? Because that's pressure. So they're guarding it. Am I guarding my faith? Or you think about it a lot. You know, you think about it all the time. It just pops into your head. I think about it. I think about it. I think about it. You know, uh, I think about maybe Dave Cantrell and Joe, and those guys are really into cameras, you know, and pictures. And so I, I got to believe that they think about it a lot. You know, they see something that's picture worthy and they think about it. I just think about, you know, uh, different ones here. What, what do you think about? Well, if it's precious to you, you're going to think about it a lot. You're going to also protect it. You're going to protect it. You're going to really step out in front. You're going to also be sensitive to it. You're going to be sensitive to it. And you're also going to see it as a very valuable thing if it's really precious to you. And so my question to myself and all of us today is what about this like precious faith that we've been given? Would you say that that is to you? Or is it just, I'm a Christian. I thank God I'm going to go to heaven. I think that's awesome. I'm really looking forward to it. Can't wait to get there, actually. Or is there something inside of you that has allowed this like precious faith to be cultivated? Remember, it's seed. Be cultivated and never stop. Now, some of you have never really stepped into this. You really, you might be like, I don't know. I've never experienced that, so I don't know. Well, I think I'm believing that you're going to get a revelation this morning on what I'm talking about and what they were, Timothy was talking about, or Peter was talking about, like precious faith. And something's going to start bubbling inside of you. It's going to be so good that you're going to actually get up and say, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to put into my schedule some prayer time. It may not be a lot at first because I've got, got to learn this thing. But I'm going to pray for the first time. I'm going to maybe fast. You know, the Bible says there's three things that he, he says about the kingdom. You know, it says they're going, to, they're, going to, they're going to give and they're going to fast and they're going to pray. And I'm going to choose maybe a day this coming week, and I'm going to fast one meal. I haven't really fasted before, so I don't know what it's like. But I'm going to fast and pray. I'm going to look into a little bit about it, and I'm going to just spend some more time with God because I want to experience the like precious faith. Some of you have really never experienced that. Your prayers are, have really been, and it's not a criticism because it, until we learn, until we really know it, we don't. Your prayer is just you got a list, and you just go through it, and I've done that, and I'm good. I read my Bible verse that comes to me from you version or whatever on the phone. I, I read that every day, of course. I even share it with a few people if I really like it. Right? Come on, you like it? You share it? Yeah. You know, I do these things, but I'm talking about something so much more precious that you're moved by it. And you really look forward to going back again. And you're going to start scheduling it in. You're going to, that's how important it will be to you, to be precious. But maybe you're here and you can remember when it used to be precious. And there used to be a lot of excitement about God. Used to be a lot of excitement about his kingdom and a lot of excitement about what you thought he wanted to do in you and through you. 
But just the course of the course of the journey, you know, with the, the the lying enemy, the the challenges that we face, the sometimes it doesn't go the way I want it to go. Has anybody ever experienced life not going the way you want it to go? You know, you just have. It just it's just there. But you know something. All of that, if we allow the Holy Spirit to do it, will only strengthen and build that like precious faith. And we will allow him to (laughs) be in me and through me every day of my life till the day I die. I'm going to drop this American dream of retirement. Right? Come on. Come on. You're living for eternity, so I don't know how old you have to be before you can retire if you live in eternity. And he's already put eternity in your heart. So I don't know, retirement's not whatever the age they say it is. Okay, let's, let's, let's get to heaven and find out when it is. But I'm going to serve God all the days of my life with the same amount of fervency. David said, every breath that I have, all the breath that I have, my greatest desire is God. Come on, let's pray. Just pray. Let's just pray. Let's just pray. If you're online, just join with this prayer. Father, I thank you that you would just drive this like precious faith in printed upon every one of our minds so that when we open our eyes each day, we see it first. And that something inside of us begins to stir us up. God, because if there's ever been a day that we need to walk in your like precious faith, it's today. And, and as you've called the church to be the light and soul to the world, Father, our world needs it more than ever before. And God, I pray that we would not be drawing back from the day of Uh, of battle, but Father, we would be running into the battle knowing that we have this like precious faith and the power of God in us to make a difference. And I pray for every person here, wherever we're at on the journey, if we've been hit and hurt and knocked out, Father, today renew our strength. God, if we've never just understood it because we maybe grew up in a different type of a religious setting that didn't maybe promote that, today I pray the eyes of our understanding would just be opened and even the next time that you read the word or step into prayer, the glory of God would be there and the anointing of God would begin to flow in us and through us like never before. God, I thank you for Hope Alive Church and everybody online, God, that's tapped in. And I I pray that this word, this message, Lord, permeates into the depths of our being, that we we would literally be what your word says is transformed even in the name of Jesus. And I thank you for that, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I really... I, I, I really, if I've ever failed to try to communicate something, it's what is burning inside of me about this precious faith that God wants you to have. It's so alive. It's so real. It's so moving. It's so fulfilling. You know, it's, it's joy when everything else around us is horrible. It's peace when turmoil is everywhere. Come on. Let's stand up and let's give the Lord a hand for what he's done in our lives. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We bless you, Lord.
Amen. Amen. Listen, uh, we love all of you, all those online and so forth. And if you're online, you can sign up for a small group also. We're, like I said, we're going to do a Zoom one. If you uh, want to, you can sign up on the way out or you can get online and follow or go to the email and follow the link. And now I'm going to step over here. Okay. Lord, help the Chiefs win today. Amen. Come on. All right. Bless you guys. Have an awesome day.